Hey, hey, welcome to Navigating Betrayal Live. I'm your host, Kaylee, betrayal navigation coach. I've been a betrayal trauma therapist and a sexual addiction betrayal uh, therapist for over a decade. I'm also the admin of this free group, Humans Navigating Betrayal. So stick around to the end and we will do a Q&A at the end, but you're welcome to pop your questions in the comments and I will get to them. But today we're going to talk about check-ins, relational check-ins. Um, what are check-ins? Are they for everyone? Are they helpful? And how am I going to use them? Um, I'm going to quickly see if I can get the comment section to make sure I can see. Here we go. There we go. Um, perfect. So what are check-ins? How do we use them? Are they for everyone? So I'm going to do three do's, three don'ts. What are they? Um, check-ins are a time that you take on a regular basis to connect with your partner who has betrayed you. Um, now, this isn't for everyone and it's not for every phase of recovery. Um, you may not be in a place where you want to check in at all. You have no interest in that. You may be in a position where you don't feel safe and you're not interested in um, hearing about what they're going through right now. And that's okay. Listen to that. You may be in a position where you're unsure if you want to do it or not. <laughs> you're not sure if you're going to connect in the relationship. You're not sure if you're going to try to make the relationship work. Um, that's okay too. So in this um, webinar today, we're going to talk about for people who are in a position where they want to do check-ins, they want to start to connect in their relationship or they think they do, what are they? So um, check-ins were a really important part of my path and many of the clients that I work with. Um, they are something that you can request, even if your partner isn't super open to the idea, but I want you to know what they are and how they go wrong and how they do work. So basically what it is, it's a 10 to 15 minute sit down face-to-face -face conversation that you have with your partner. Um, and this can be daily or weekly, but you want it to be scheduled and regular. So for me, it needed to be daily because that's where I was. I needed to know what was going on inside of his head <laughs> at least once a day. Um, and we found this to be really beneficial. So um, there are many different ways that you can structure and organize these conversations, but you want them to be structured and organized. You don't want to just go in and kind of have a dump fest where one person is just dumping all over the other person. You want to know specifically what you're going to talk about, how you're going to talk about it, and then it has a time limit. This isn't those long until three in the morning digging, interrogating conversations that we have when we're in our trauma brain, when we're in our inner survivor. It's not that kind of conversation. This is the kind of conversation that, um, I'll make sure I can see if you guys are chatting or asking questions. Um, these are the kinds of conversations that you're going to be having um, 
Oh, yep, we are. Okay. These are the kind of conversations you're going to be having when you're regulated and you're calm. So there are many different ways to structure and organize these conversations, but I'll give you a couple of examples. One is Brene Brown. She gives the A-E-I-O-U-Y. So you can Google that and look up the different acronym and use that, print it out, literally use that acronym. There's also FANOS, F-A-N-O-S. FANOS is another acronym that you can use to structure these, these conversations. So literally you have this different acronym, you have these questions and you just answer them one at a time. Um, the third example I'm gonna give you is one that I use in my own relationship and I invite clients to, sorry, my microphone's doing something weird. Um, it's a little bit more, maybe complex in a way. It has more steps than those acronyms, but it goes like this. So first we do the five mindfulness questions. So we just answer, how am I feeling biologically? How am I feeling emotionally? How am I feeling spiritually, sexually, and relationally? Those are the five questions. And um, of all the things I'm gonna say, both these five and then the next six, I think, questions, he goes first and then I go. The next time I go first and then he goes. You, They listen, they're not interrupting, they're not asking questions. You are just saying these different things. So how am I biologically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, relationally? For spiritually and sexually, it's easy to just do like zero out of 10. How am I feeling? Um, and uh, yeah, you just answer those questions. How am I feeling in those ways? And it just quick answers. Then you're going to do trigger slip relapse. Now you don't have to use this language if you guys don't use the addiction model for what you guys are going through. Um, and it also like kind of feels weird as the betrayed partner to say like, I had a slip today. Like, I don't really like that particularly, but that's kind of, you can use that language if you want to, but trigger is anything that gets you out of your window of tolerance. Uh, slip is when you um, re you just stay in that space. So if that's going into your inner survivor and you want to call that a slip, um, but for your partner, obviously it's going to be looking at something, lusting, objectifying, um, having a, having a slip where they go into that mindset, the addict attitude and mind slip, catch it, come out and are telling you within 24 hours is a slip. A relapse is going into that mindset set and either staying in it long enough or not sharing it within 24 hours and kind of staying in that attitude of um, not being humble, not being accountable, not being honest, right? That would be a relapse. So they're, they are going to take some time to say, I had a trigger today, I had a slip today, I had a relapse today, and give you a little bit of information about that. Um, then they're going to say how they reached out. And if they had a slip or a relapse, they need to reach out before they're checking in with you. They need to be connecting with a sponsor or a recovery partner who's going to hold them accountable and remind them to hold themselves accountable, um, or a therapist, whoever they're talking to. Then we have self-care and daily. So then you talk about what self-care or daily actions you did. So this is where now, you know, what kind of recovery work they're doing. And if they're coming to you every day and saying like, I didn't do any self-care. Oh, I just took a shower today. They're not reading. They're not journaling. They're not listening to podcasts. They're not now, you know, because they're letting you know every day, um, or every week, what kind of self-care and dailies they're doing. Um, then you say how you, the partner, we're safe for them or not safe for them that day. And this is just information. It's not blaming. It's not um, drilling, grilling them. It's just saying, this is how I felt safe. This is how I didn't feel safe today with you. 
And then the last one is a commitment. So making a commitment saying, you know, I will take out the trashes tomorrow. I mean, it could be really something very small. I'm going to read another chapter in my book. They're really making a commitment to themselves. And then the next day they're going to say, this is how I fulfilled that commitment, or this is how I didn't fulfill that commitment. And this is what I'm going to commit to you for the next day. And again, if you're doing this every day or every week, you're going to start to see patterns of making commitments and not following through or making commitments and following through. And that's how you can build trust over time. Um, And both of you can do this. So those are two examples. I mean, those are three different examples, A-E-I-O-U and Y, Thanos, or the mindfulness um, longer check-in. Again, biological, emotional, spiritual, sexual, relational. So you go through all of those, just a mindful, this is how I am right now in this moment. And remember, if they say I'm a 10 sexual, you're not obligated to have sex with them. Um, even if you're both at a 10, like it, it's just to be mindful and transparent, trigger slips and relapses, reaching out, self-care. How are you safe today in a commitment? So it's 10 things. Okay. Those are two examples of how to do it. You want it to be scheduled. You want it to be at the same time every day or every week. Um, that's that. So sorry, it's my chihuahua. Um, my chihuahua. So here are three do's and three don'ts. So three do's do both check in. You may not at the beginning each do everything on the list, mainly the betrayed partner. You may say like, I don't want to open up about my own triggers. That's not safe for me. That's okay. You don't have to do that. And with my clients, I'll often say, you don't need to do a commitment either at the beginning um, because you didn't necessarily you know, destroy the trust. So that's something you don't need to do. Um, but do check in at least with yourself um, on, am I reaching out? Am I doing self-care? Am I um, identifying if my partner is safe on a daily basis? And if I feel safe, So do both check in and maybe for you, the betrayed partner, you're just checking in with yourself at the beginning, do it in a journal. Um, Do remember that checking in is for all couples. So something that people get stuck on a lot is, uh, and I'll talk about in the don'ts, but, but people feel like, I don't want to do this. This is just because we're messed up or we're a broken couple, or this is a sign that we're failing, or this is a sign that we're not, um, like doing well, this is a sign that we're, um, uh, yeah, that, that we're on our, on the road to a failing relationship, but that is not true. Remember that checking in is for all couples. And although for many couples, it's maybe more like less formal, maybe more like pillow talk or talking, you know, checking in, in a more a shallow way. Um, checking in in this way really can deepen any relationship, whether there was a betrayal or not. So it, it's a really healthy behavior for all relationships to get in the habit of. Um, and do check in after you've both regulated yourselves. And of course, if they tell you they were triggered that day or they had a slip that day, you're going to probably feel dysregulated. You're probably going to feel trauma. It's going to be triggering, right? You're going to feel triggered, um, especially at the beginning, but do your best to get regulated beforehand, have your own support people that you can reach out to, um, and work to be regulated by the time you get to this check-in time. Um, both of you, 
So this is something that for me personally, and for again, clients, I say, if you get to check in and your partner is clearly dysregulated, he or she is like the betraying partner is like, um, agitated, anxious, uh, they're not able to communicate well, or they're, they're kind of like blaming and sharp and it doesn't feel good. They're like, Oh, I have to do this stupid check-in that is not a good foundation of trust, right? That is not a safe place to try to come in and to connect and to build trust and over time. So if he's, if he or she is dysregulated, the betraying partner, you can say, I'm not going to check in with you today. Um, and that's a boundary that you can have. So you can have this boundary that says, we're going to check in every day. And, um, depending on how that check-in goes, this is how I'm going to take care of myself. Um, this can be a really great way to establish safety for yourself. If if they just literally can't ever check in, they can't get regulated enough, and they're not willing to go get help to do that, to be regulated during a check-in, that's really good information for you in the type of relationship that you're in right now. Here are some don'ts. Don't use this as an opportunity to dump. Most people who say check-ins don't work, they're the worst. It's because they rush into it. They start doing check-ins and all they're doing is their partner saying, and then I thought about this woman and I thought this and this and this about it, right? And they're just dumping this like icky content onto you. That is not good. So don't use this as a dumping session or the betrayed partner is like, and this is you know, all my resentments have just been building all day and I'm just going to like barf them onto you. Um, so it's not a dumping session. It's a transparency session. It's also not a confession. So a lot of the betrayer, betraying partners will show up to it feeling like, oh, I need to show up and be this, like, like I'm in confession. Like I'm, okay, these are all the bad things I did. He or she, the betraying partner, by the time they get to check in, should have talked to their sponsor, have worked through whatever slip or triggering thoughts that they had during the day. And they're now in a grounded place to communicate with you what happened, what they went through, how they handled it, and how they're going to handle it in the future, right? So that it's going to be a meaningful check-in. Um, another don't is don't do check-ins if if they're not interested or your partner is abusive. So if you're sitting here listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, my partner is just going to use this data to destroy me later. Like if I share how I feel emotionally later, it's going to come back. Well, if you weren't so blah, 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 then you're not in the type of relationship yet that can do this kind of thing. And if you're like, I really wish I could be transparent. My partner could be transparent. We could feel connected and committed to one another. Just know that that's not where you're at right now. And so um, don't put yourself in the line of fire to get abused and to get hurt. But if you're thinking, uh, I think we might be in a place where we could do this, then you can try it out. And the last one is don't let it last longer than maybe 20 minutes max. I think 10 is like the sweet spot on check-ins that really less than 10 minutes, um, five minutes per person, maybe again, maybe 10 minutes per person um, where you can be transparent, listen, and then you can answer each other's questions too. So you can ask and answer questions. So once one person goes through, the, you know, where they're at, they do the mindful check-in, their triggers and slips, reach out, self-care, were you safe or not, commitment, they do all of that. Then it, the time is turned to you and you can say, I have a question about this trigger. What did you mean when you said this? Or I have a question about this slip. What did you do next? And you can ask questions, but this is to replace the big long argument fights that go till three in the morning where you're both crying and miserable and it's horrible, right? 
So that is not, this is not that. Uh, these are short. They're places where we're transparent and we're opening up. And so remember, this isn't about your pathology, but it's about a healthy habits that relationships can engage in to build safety. Okay. Ooh, I still have five whole minutes. So um, actually, I think that I, I think I covered it all pretty, pretty much. So I want to check in on my questions. Um, so that'll be for you guys. Any questions that you have? Um, okay. Could you explain the sexual check in more? Does that just mean how horny they felt that day? I'm still confused. Okay. Thank you so much. So here's the answer to that one. If you, um, when you say how sexual you're feeling in that moment, basically it's not the whole day. You're not like, I was horny all day at five or whatever. Um, you're just saying in this moment, when I scan my body, it's again, it's just a mindful moment, how sexually aroused, not necessarily aroused, but how open am I, am I to sexuality in this moment? And you're both saying that. And so you're like, I am like a three. I'm like a five. I'm like a 10. If you're just in a fight, you're probably like a two, right? Um, and it's not about, uh, it's not like triggeredness. It's not about like how much I wanted to seek porn or whatever behavior to numb out emotion. It's like actual sexuality. So this is requiring them to do some work and to learn what does sexuality even mean for me? Um, and for them to know how to kind of answer that question. And yeah, they're just saying like, okay, I'll give you an example. So I'm the betraying partner. I'm going to go, okay. So by all, by like physically, I, right now I feel tired. My eyes are tired and my arms and legs are tired and I'm a little hungry. Okay. Emotionally. Um, I feel calm, maybe a little anxious maybe a little resistant to this activity, but for the most part, I'm pretty calm. Spiritually connected to a higher power, I feel like a three. I haven't really put much work into connecting with a higher power and I don't really feel that connected right now. Sexually, um, I'm like a five. I just feel like pretty open to my sexuality and would want to connect that way. Relationally or like how I feel connected to people in the world, um, also like a five, like I feel pretty open to connection and wanting to connect with other people, right? That's a, that's all, that's literally like a minute. Um, nobody needs to respond on the sexuality no, and how sexual they feel. There's no assessments. It's just in this moment, mindfulness moment. It's good for us to all be mindful. Um, we don't need to make more of it than just in this moment, this is how I feel. And for you, you might say sexually, I'm a zero every day. You might say I'm a 10 every day. Um, it's just information for both of you and mindfulness. Um, and then just to give you an example of the rest of it, the trigger might be, you know, today I was triggered. I, uh, my boss called me in and I got really worked up and anxious and stressed out about it. And, um, then it was really about nothing. So then I calmed down and, um, another time <clears throat> I saw a person in the office and they were wearing revealing clothes and I just got super stressed out and had some like, you know, draw to look over there, but I didn't. And then I texted my sponsor no slips or relapses today. I reached out to my sponsor when I texted him that really helped. 
self-care. I listened to the podcast on the way home and I did write down a little bit about that trigger and, you know, you, my partner, the betrayed partner, like I felt safe when you, um, like you were safe today. You told me about your day and I liked that. And I'm committing to listen to another episode of the podcast tomorrow. That's what it could look like from the betraying perspective. But um, yeah, it's just a mindfulness moment to answer that question. Okay. Any other questions? I think we're good on that. Before I head on out and say goodbye, I look forward to talking more and speaking more. And um, if you have more questions, you can pop them into the here and I'll come check on it later and answer some questions you may have. But those are the steps for check-ins and um, they can be really beneficial in just providing accountability, honesty, and transparency in a relationship where you're not sure if you have it. And you guys certainly can set a boundary. Um, no problem. Um, certainly can set a boundary to uh, request that you have check-ins. So those are those are my answers for today. Uh, but let me know if you guys have any more questions in the future. Okay, bye.